Hello, everyone, and thank you for being here and listening. My name is Daniela Malfitano, and this is our second live podcast of the evening entitled For the Love of Food. This is a culinary-focused conversation with local restaurateurs and chefs from Orange County, hosted by me, Chef Daniela Malfitano. I'm an author and integrative nutrition health coach and the creator of the amazing YouTube series, My Choice Kitchen. This program is an in-depth conversation about history, inspiration, and community, and how these elements relate to cooking and serving hungry people in this busy industry. So I'm very excited because I'm about to have a conversation with my, I like to call her, my sister of the kitchen, Chef Shachi Mera. And I'm gonna introduce you to this woman because she is very impressive. Chef Shachi Mera has a passion for creating innovative and thoughtful menus that tastefully balance a variety of flavors and make cuisines appealing to a range of tastes. An ardent supporter of local farmers and sustainable practices, she takes great care in sourcing her ingredients. Born in India, her early family experiences helped to develop and shape her love of food and appreciation for balance in flavors and in life. Chef Shachi is the co-owner and chef of Adya, an authentic Indian restaurant that is a reflection of modern India. The menu revolves around fresh, sustainable ingredients and focuses on contemporary interpretations of Indian street foods, tandoori specialties, and rich curries. Adya is located at the Anaheim Packing House, just down the street from where we're sitting right now at Museo, and across the uh, street at Irvine's Irv uh, University Center. Um, that's at 4213 Campus Drive. I love what you're doing, Chef Shachi, so please, everyone, help me in welcoming Chef Shachi Mera. Thank you, Daniela. It's an, it's, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yay. So I recently <laughs> met Chef Shachi this past summer when she came to the OC Fair um, where I hosted her culinary demo. And I have to tell you, the first thing that I noticed about you was your super cool, super calm demeanor, which if anyone knows anything about kitchens, that's not typical, right? So in my experience, that has not always been the case in working with chefs and knowing chefs. And so I really got to see how comfortable you were with preparing food and immediately that captivated me. Um, and I immediately recognized also your deep love for what you do. Your passion was very clear. So I want to get us started with this, um, you know, because this is for the love of food. Have you always had a deep appreciation for cooking? And I want to know, when did you first fall in love with food? Uh, well, I think I've always loved food. Uh, my mom was an amazing cook. Uh, my dad really loved food and eating. Uh, I never thought of food as a profession when I was growing up. When I was 10 or 11, I decided I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and I took a lot of bio and calculus and went to school pre-med. Um, and I still, you know, I liked cooking. I liked baking. I made everybody's birthday cakes and fancy dinners. But I never considered it as a profession. Um, I followed this sort of medical path that changed from like doctor to like nurse or something. It was never surgeon, but uh, I eventually worked for a doctor and he was probably 40 years older than me. And I just, I don't know what sparked this, but I looked at him one day and I knew that if I followed this path, I would never be as happy as he was. Mm. Um, so I, I was 20 at the time, 20 or 21. And I went home and I was like, great, now I'm at, you know, square zero. Uh, what am I going to do with my life? 
and my sister suggested culinary school. And at that point, it was like a, a new world. I didn't know you can go to school for six months, you can go for four years, you can spend $100,000, you could spend $5,000. I literally didn't know anything about anything. Uh, and there was a pharmaceutical sales guy in the doctor's office, and he was making small talk, waiting for the doctor, and he said, oh, what do you, what do you wanna do, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm looking into going to culinary school. And he said, you should talk to my friend, he's a chef. Uh, and I did, and the chef that I went, uh, and I did, and the chef that I went, and at that time, I didn't look him up or anything, and that was Bruce Johnson, that was in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really where you got your, your start in the first kitchen, that, yeah, like, that, stepping foot in the first kitchen. I had never been in a restaurant kitchen before that day. Um, wow. And I talked to him for a good 45 minutes, which I much later came to appreciate. Um, in a much more significant way. And he said, oh, if you want, you can come hang out on Saturday. So I went to hang out and uh, I loved it. I knew that day, this is what I'm supposed to do. So let me give a little context for people that uh, are not in the food space or the food world as much. Chef Bruce Johnson is who she's referring to and he's hailed by the New York Times as a premier chef, which is a very big accolade to receive as a, a New Jersey chef, which is right next door to Manhattan, which is where the food mecca is, some of the number one restaurants in the world. Um, and when he extended this invitation to you for you to spend a day prepping in the kitchen, um, this was at Trap Rock Brewery in New Jersey. Correct. Um, I, I read that you described your first encounter was really walking into this and immediately you had a knowing inside where you describe it as you had found your life's passion. And I, 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 you've been doing a lot of research on how you got your start, but I'm super curious to know um, what exactly about that experience gave you that clarity? Do you know? I don't. I don't know. There's two things that are really, you know, change moments in my life. One is when I looked at that doctor and realized that that's not what I'm supposed to do. And the second is being in that kitchen and knowing that this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't, I don't know that there was a specific thing that happened or that I saw, but I know that I felt it. Yeah. And growing up, who cooked for you most? What, who, was, who was like sort of like your primary person that was preparing food for you in the home? Uh, when we were younger, it was my mom. Mm -hmm. um, and she, we grew up vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So we ate a lot of Indian food and she made Mexican food and she made Thai food and we ate. Um, and I lost my mom when I was very young, I was 11. Uh, so then after that, my dad had to sort of figure out how to feed three kids. So he did this thing where he would like invent stuff <laughs> um, and we would have to like, he would invent something that was part of our dinner and our game to get us to eat it was we had to figure out what was in it. Oh, wow. Um, which sounds really weird, but it, it came out good most of the time. Um, and he was very particular about food. Um, my brother to this day is like the best, makes the best rice, the best basmati rice. And it's, neither one of us knows how to use a rice cooker because we've never had one. You only make rice on the stove. And basmati rice has to be a certain way. It can't be too wet. It can't be too dry. It can't, has to be perfect. And my brother still makes the best rice. I love that. Um, I, I did a lot of the cooking later on just because I enjoyed it. I made everybody's lunch before we went to school and everyone had very specifics. Um, my brother only had grape jelly with peanut butter, no tomatoes in his cheese sandwich. My sister only had strawberry jam. Um, so we all um, had 
we were, even though we were vegetarian, everything that we ate was, like everything revolved around food. And in a lot of Indian homes you'll find while we're eating breakfast, we're talking about what we're gonna eat for lunch. Mm -hmm. Totally, I mean, it's like what you're thinking about constantly, especially right. if you grew up with people cooking in the home. And it sounds like because your dad made a game of it, it became you know, a, a way to, for the family to connect every single night or ever, at every meal, which is kind of a great idea. I love that. In the work that I do with kids, like that's a wonderful way to get all of the family involved it's, every single it night. It sounds in really funny. I mean, even to <laughs> me now, I'm like, yeah, this is my weird thing my dad did. Um, but my dad had a lot of food things. And I also understand that he at that time was like, how do I get these kids to eat stuff? Yeah. Um, and it worked. Well, and I haven't prepared this, but I want to ask you, what was your experience once you've made the decision to go to culinary school, having had the experience that you did in the home, um, and then going to you know, pre-med school and getting as far as you did, what was that experience stepping foot you know, in your first day of culinary school and going through that, especially um, you know, just never having had pre previous experience in the kitchen? I didn't go to culinary school at all. You decided you weren't going to um, do that. So actually what ended up happening is halfway through that first day at Trap Rock, um, it was time for family meal and the chef and the sous chef sat me down and they said, what do you think? And I said, I love it. And they said, well, how would you like to work here? Oh, and wow. I was not expecting that at all because I wasn't there looking for a job. So my immediate answer was what? And uh, they Got were a like, job on the spot. I did. Yeah. And, uh, I ended up working there for six months. I did both. I did the doctor's office okay. in the morning, and then I did dinner service at night. And I was driving 100 miles a day. And it was, if I look back on that time, it was the worst. I went home in tears a lot. I got in trouble a lot. Um, but I know I wouldn't have done it if I didn't feel very strongly about it. And he obviously picked up on your passion to give you a job he right from the He actually sat me down at one point. I got taken out to the shed a lot. When you're in big trouble, you get taken out to the shed. And in one of those conversations, he told me that I think that he thought that I had made the wrong choice. Wow. That this was not the profession for me. Why is that? Did he give you explanation? He just he, sensed it. He figured that I worked there for six months um, part-time at the doctor's office and the restaurant. Then I spent another six months there full-time. And during that time, he told me he didn't think that this was the right choice for me. And again, I, I made this choice in my head where I didn't believe him. I was like, okay, well, thanks, you know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's what you believe. Um, and I left there with the intention of going to culinary school. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going to a charity event in Manhattan. Um, and I was deathly shy at that time. And I had to go by myself and it was, I was petrified. But I was very aware that being a woman in a kitchen was something that I needed to talk to other women about. And I went to all these chefs' tables. It was like this big event where everybody had like a taster of something. And I basically introduced myself to anyone whose food made an impact on me or their story was interesting to me or a bunch of female chefs. And I introduced myself and then the following week I called them all up and made appointments to go meet them. Basically like, hi, where do you think I should go to school? Mm -hmm. Uh, and one of the people that I met during that was Floyd Cardos mm -hmm. from Tabla. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked to him, and I talked to a bunch of people, and I got, as many people I talked to, I got that many answers. Some people were like, oh, you should go to my alma mater. Some people said, you don't have to go to school at all. Um, and Floyd, I talked to for 10, 15 minutes, and he said, what is it that I can do for you? 
And I said, that's it, I just wanted to talk to you. And he said, well, I have a position you can trail for. And a trail is basically like an in a working interview. You get to show up and work for free for an hour and they get to see if you fit them and you get to see if they fit you. Kind of like, can you handle the pressure of this kitchen specifically, right? Right. And uh, I had horrible knife skills. I remember that very specifically. Uh, and I did the trail and I got the job. Um, and the one thing he said was, you need to work on your knife skills. And <laughs> <laughs> Which she did and went on to not only sort of master that, you started at Grand, uh, Grand Manger and, and then you went and you actually became the sort of floor manager, chef, on stage chef extraordinaire, where you were managing the line, all of the chefs on the line, and also learned how to be an on-stage presence. So can you explain, what was that experience of working at Bread Bar after you left Tabla, they are connected uh, and owned by the same person. You had to be on and you had to entertain the guests as well as manage that. How did you learn how to, to do that without knowing what it was gonna be like to entertain guests? I think when you're put in a position where you don't know the alternative, you just do what you're supposed to do. Um, so I, I worked in a closed kitchen for a long time. Trapped Rock was a closed kitchen, and Bread Bar is an open kitchen. And you're very aware. You're basically at the bar, um, and you're cooking behind the bar. Yeah. And you're very aware that people are watching you all the time. And you know, in the beginning, you're a little bit nervous, but then you get used to it, and you feel comfortable, and you talk to people, and people really want to talk to you about what you're doing. And one of my like fondest memories of that experience being at Bread Bar was I had made something and I watched it go out to a table. And you know when you're eating something and you're having a conversation but you take a bite of something and your eyes get big mm -hmm. and your conversation stops and you hand that thing to the person that you're with. I saw that happen at a table from something that I made. Mm -hmm. And that to me was mind blown. You know, like, oh my God, I did that. Um, so it basically allowed me to really understand and know that I love open kitchens. Yes. So Adya in Anaheim and in Irvine both have open kitchens because I want my cooks to be able to have that experience. I love it. How beautiful because in the kitchen it's not instant gratification. We're behind a wall generally speaking. You don't know how people are receiving the food. Um, you don't know the positives or the negatives which could be to our benefit at certain points but to really see you know, guests really recognize the dish and their eyes widen and really for them to appreciate what you've made. There's nothing like it, right? No. That's the whole point of what we're doing. That's why you put in the 10 hours before to prep the food. So I can only imagine what that was like. And in New York City, where the energy is high and right. you're probably turning tables like crazy, right? I mean, how many people did you serve on a busy night? I have no idea. Yeah, thousands. Over 400. Okay, yeah. hundreds. <laughs> That's a lot for a small space yeah. for an open kitchen. Yeah. Um, all right, so I want to I wanna go into your culinary recognition because you are all over the map right now. You've been recognized a lot, but last week you won the award for Rising Star Chef at the Golden Foodies Awards. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Second of all, you deserve every ounce of that award. And third, your dress was on point. Thank you. <laughs> I just, I couldn't get enough. It was a traditional Indian dress, black and gold. sari, yeah. You looked phenomenal in the Thank sari. Thank you. Um, I just love what you're doing, and I, you know, I think that the Golden Foodie Awards are probably just catching up because I've seen you as a, a rising star chef that's already rise, risen above um, for, for many years because you've been at this industry for many years and you've worked in many restaurants. Um, so what's it been like for you to receive this, this recent recognition? 
Um, it's it's really fantastic. I feel like there's there's like this thing where you. I mean, I'm really lucky to be able to do something that I love yeah. every day, um, and it's really nice to be in a position where people recognize what you're doing and appreciate it in a way. You know, we're you still do the same thing, but now there there's a different. People look at you differently. You know, mm-hmm. and even your your team, your staff looks at you different. They look at what they're doing differently because they know that we've been recognized mm-hmm. as a collective. We're doing something and people noticed us. Yes. Yeah. It's not just your effort, but it's the team effort yeah. behind it. And then last month you took home a big award when you won Food Network Chopped. Um, what was the worst and best experience, <laughs> if you can reveal that for us, of that experience? Uh, the best is winning, yeah. for sure. Of course, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Um, the worst uh, it's just it's a really long day where you're like in between being like high anxiety and full of adrenaline like those are the only two (laughs) things that are happening for you that day Um, I think you know after it was over you could say yeah it was fun Um, it's just in the in the moment that it's happening it's really just that's all you're thinking about this is this is what's happening Mm -hmm. and Rainbow mozzarella sticks are gross. <laughs> I will take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I've always thought that culinary recognition, especially in this day and age, especially for female chefs, is so incredibly important um, in our culture because it really celebrates the art of food. And I believe that food and the art of food is very sacred. And I know that you probably feel that way too in your food philosophy. And uh, for me, whenever I do good in my cooking, whenever I'm on a you know, great streak or people really like my dishes, um, that tends to really open up the doors of creativity for myself. And so I'm curious if, um, since you won the Rising Star Chef Award and Chopped, how has that changed cooking for you? How has that changed how it feels to be in the kitchen recently? It's really, I really love this question because it's not something that I had identified as a consequence of that. I just knew that I was making more stuff. I was going into the kitchen and I was being creative or I was being more helpful or making new things out of stuff. And I, I didn't connect it that that's why I was doing that. So yeah, I've been more creative and just making new stuff. I have a cooking class coming up and I've been working on what we're gonna make in that and making new recipes for that. So yeah, it does, I, it does just make you feel like you can do more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sort of enables you to take more risks in your art and like opens up worlds that maybe we were too intimidated to go to before. Agreed. I'm glad. I'm glad that you feel that way. That's great. All right, I want to move on to your culinary style because it's really great and you've had such a wonderful just career in working in, in restaurants, but you also, um, you actually went on a eight-month journey to India, Australia, and Japan. How did that influence your culinary style um, when you got back to the States? Uh, That was actually uh, after working at Tabla for about three and a half years or so. I took a leave of absence, and I was like, I'm never going to get to do this again. I'm just going to go travel. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a friend that I stayed with in Tokyo, um, and I traveled around in Japan, which to date is probably one of the most amazing places I've ever been. Um, And to India, and I spent a bunch of time with family, and I did a bunch of traveling, and that was the very first time I ate fish Wow! um, in my whole life. I was in Kerala in the south of India, and I was like, wow, this is really good. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and Australia, I also went to go visit people. And I think the thing that really I carry with me from that trip is just how different and how the same food is everywhere you go. I mean, just a sim like the simplest, funniest example, one of the things that I remember about going to Australia that people told me were, remember McDonald's fried apple pie that we can't have anymore? They had it there. Why can't we have it? I don't know. We don't, they don't make it here anymore. Weird. Okay, but they, yeah. they, but they it. had it there when I went there. Yeah, that was a thing. Um, Did you indulge? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but like even when I, I mean, going to India at that time, I was, you know, just really young in my career. And one of my cousins was getting married. And basically when someone gets married in India, they have this team, like a troop of people, chefs, that come to your house and they cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for all these people that are in your house. There's like 30 to 50 people at your house all day, every day. And these people are just there and they're cooking. And I went on the first day, I went to go talk to the main chef and he was just like, what? No, women don't do this. And he didn't really feel comfortable like talking to me. And then I went again the next day and I went in again the next day. And then by the time, you know, like the third day from breakfast, lunch, and dinner, he finally was like, okay, I understand. You work in a restaurant and this is interesting to you. And it was really, it's such a different way of doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And being able to convince him to talk to me about it was really nice. Wow, what an experience for you. Yeah. I mean, after just have, having left Tabla and the bread bar and that whole experience and then being in a space of like not knowing what your next step would be and then being so inspired and just totally immersed in something that was very different. I love that. I love that you yeah. did that. It was, I, I'm, I teach at uh, culinary students every so often and one of the things that I always tell them is if you have the opportunity to travel, you must you have to go. Yeah. Um, and I think when you're, I really believe that everything happens for a reason, even though we may not know the reason ever. Um, before I came back from that trip, my old sous chef emailed me and was like, when are you coming back? We have a job for you. Right. And it was perfect because I was out of money and I was going to look for a job and now I didn't have to. When you came back, you went right to the Bombay Club in Washington, D.C., right? When I came back, I worked at Tabla for two and a half more years. You did? Cool. Yeah. Okay, great. And then what, what made you leave and then want to leave New York City and, and that restaurant and then move to, to D.C.? I moved to D.C. for a job at the Bombay Club. Yeah. Um, which is a very traditional Indian restaurant. So one of the things that I managed to do in my career was work at places that were polar opposites. Mm -hmm. My first job, I worked for, I worked in a place where there was a lot of screaming and like the TV chef, you know, like throwing of stuff and the whole thing. See, and what I told you. The next place I worked at, we weren't even allowed to talk loudly yeah. to each other. Yeah. So it was quiet and like very reserved and. You know, it's always like it's like the extreme yeah. where it's like totally <laughs> crazed and then like no talking ever. If you drop something on the floor, you're you're fired. Right. Like it, it's was, like, it wasn't like that. OK, but well, <laughs> it wasn't how that it is extreme, in my brain. but okay. yeah. I totally and then I went to uh, the Bombay Club and that's a very traditional Indian restaurant. And they had never had a woman work there before. Oh, wow. And I was hired as a sous chef. Yeah. And they were like, what? The guys that I worked with were just like, uh, we don't know what to do with you. Yeah. How, how do we make this work? And I, I had to figure out a way to communicate with these guys and get them to trust me and work together. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm gonna jump into this right now because I, it's exactly where we are in the conversation. So what was it like to claim your space as a female chef in the kitchen time and time again? I actually just watched this amazing film this afternoon called A Fine Line, and it reminded me Will that you tell I, us about it? The, yeah, it's, um, it's a film that's out right now, and if you have an opportunity to see it, you see it. It's ba- definitely go and see it. It's basically, it takes this statistic that I was not aware of, that only 7% of chefs and restaurant owners are women. I, I didn't know this um, in this country. And it's based around the filmmaker's mom, who owned her own place, but she does interviews with all of these women chefs and their experiences as a woman in a kitchen and sort of growing up in this industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a fascinating film, and it really reminded me of where I came from. So I feel like there's a part of me that just, I'm just here to do what I do, sure. and I don't think of it as I'm going in to stake my claim, but yeah, in the process I do, and I have to, right? Mm-hmm. But you also have to sort of prove yourself mm-hmm. more often. And I know that looking back, I know that I've had to prove myself more often and harder than I would have if I wasn't female. And do you see other female uh chefs on your team doing that same thing, having to prove their worth, having to work harder, having to, do you, do you see that in other people as well? Well, I mean, I hope that women that work for me don't have to do that, sure. right? Because I, I appreciate of women course. or men, whoever's working for me. I mean, there's, but within the industry, of course, absolutely yeah. it happens. It still happens. I mean, is it way different and better than it used to be? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I just mean like naturally, do you see, you know, female chefs in your space sort of doing extra um, and just noticing that or clocking, oh, you know, I can relate to that experience? I think, I mean, I wouldn't say that I see that at yet necessarily just because yeah. I'm, I'm the leader, right? Um, I hope that's not happening. Uh, but in general, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for I think that's true that you do have to do that to a certain extent. Yeah. I want to talk about prior to opening Adia, and we'll come back to Adia itself, but you were the opening chef at Tamarind of London here in Newport Coast. Um, what has been your experience with blending the Western and the Indian cultures in your cuisine, especially for Orange County? How has it been received here in the OC? I have been so lucky that uh, Orange County has really been super supportive of me and everything I've done. Um, I feel really lucky to be in a space where, because I grew up in a very Indian home um, in New Jersey, I ate peanut butter and jelly for lunch, but I ate Indian food for dinner, and we we grew up surrounded by our culture. We went to India every summer as kids. I lived in India for two years when I was 11. Um, It's definitely an integral part of me, so I can relate to somebody who's Indian and, you know, has a certain expectation, but growing up here, I can also relate to somebody who's like, "Mm, Indian food, I'm not really sure about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to go with this. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's given me uh, the opportunity to look at my food from both sides of that perspective. Mm. So I can make something that is appealing to somebody that has an expectation because they know Indian food and to somebody who really doesn't know anything about Indian food at all and kind of introduce them to it in a way that they feel comfortable. It's approachable for them. 
that's wonderful. That's why we love you, right? I mean, it's just like there's a way in which that comes through in your food. Thank you. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the menu at Adya. And first of all, let's let's explain what Adya is. It actually means unique. Um, and it also represents the five senses. Is this right? Yeah. So Adya is a Sanskrit word that means the first or the original. The original. Yeah. Um, so my interpretation was just a tiny bit off. So the original. Okay. I like it too. Okay. The unique. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> But also the five senses. It's the origin of the, the five origin. senses, yes. Wow. And so did you know that you wanted this to be the name for your restaurant here? It's actually a really funny story, yep. the name. Um, there's three partners, and we were left with two names. Uh, and two of the partners, myself and my now husband, uh, were at Starbucks. And there was a discussion on the two names, because I was concerned people aren't going to be able to say one, Adya. They weren't going to be able to say it. So we wrote it on napkin and handed it to the lady that was working at the counter. I was like, can you say these two words out loud and tell me which one you like better? And she did. And then I did it again. Do you remember what the two words were? Yes. Can you tell us? (laughs) (laughs) One was Adya and one was Umbi. Mm -hmm. And we did this at Starbucks and we're like, oh, this is a great exercise. Like, because we got a lot of feedback. And then we went to happy hour and we wrote it on a napkin and gave it to everybody at the bar. And everybody said both words out loud, and everybody picked, <laughs> like 90% picked Adya. And it was for hundreds of different reasons, but we did this study and picked a name. Okay, A-B <laughs> testing at happy hour. I'm into this. I'm totally into this. I can get down. And, and I'm so glad that you did because it, there's something about the name that really describes the food. Um, if you've never been to Adya, go check it out. Like I said, it's uh, at the University Center at Irvine as well as the Anaheim Packing House. But the, the dishes at Adya are, I mean, not only colorful, but artful creations, really. Um, the, and they super successfully marry the traditional and modern cuisine. And so I'm, I'm curious for you, you've talked a lot about this in, in your journey of traveling, but what is it about the blending of these two cooking styles that really speaks to you? I think it's, it represents me in a way, you know? It, rep, it represents where I come from. Mm-hmm. as like as yeah. a person yeah like my history yeah and and then it's a great way to represent then your food yeah i love it you guys go check out her restaurant um i really would would love to um you know inspire everyone to not only eat at the restaurant but check out her cooking classes how often do you do them chef they're once a month once a um, month so we have one coming up on october 19th cool. uh and one on november 9th and then we take the holidays off Great. So, but there's once a month at the packing house. Great. Go check it out. Um, please join me in just saying thank you to Chef Shachi Mara. Thank, thank you, you so Daniela. much. Thank you to all of our guests and our performers tonight. Thank you to our partners, our supporters, and especially to Museo, Museum, and Cultural Center. This tour is scheduled to visit um, Museo, Museum, and Cultural Center in Anaheim, where we are tonight. It's also scheduled to attend the Muckenthaler Cultural Center in Fullerton, the Frida Cinema in Santa Ana, the Musco Center for the Arts at Chapman University in Orange, and the Centennial Farm at the OC 
fair and event center in Costa Mesa. So there are many additional access points coming up for you to visit and for you to send folks to. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting the creative and cultural events in your community. 